a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yes, it is Groundhog Day, and I did see my shadow, so I guess that means we get uh, six more weeks of Cam and Company. Hopefully more than that, but uh, at least six more weeks of Cam and Company. Hey, uh, we're going to be talking about what's coming up in November, Election Day, and uh, a new poll out of Colorado that shows some uh, surprisingly positive results for a state that has been you know, trending blue for a long time. But before we get to that, with the political pressure of the left and the woke mob that is the Democrat Party, our society has ultimately become controlled by the cancel culture elites. And since when have the founders of our Constitution, the American flag, Dr. Seuss, many other things become anti-American? There has never been a better time in our nation's history to stand up against the woke mob and fight back. And you can do just that with this exclusive offer that I'm giving to my listeners for a limited time only. Now is your chance to win a signed picture by President Donald Trump himself. That's right. Not only will you be taking a stand against the radical left, but you'll be entering to win a piece of history as well. All you have to do is text the word Trump to 55404 today to enter. That is T-R-U-M-P to 55404 and you can join the millions of Americans in standing up for President Trump, canceling the radical left once and for all, paid for by the National Republican Senatorial Committee. All right, now, uh, speaking of, you know, elections and senators and races and all that stuff, um, things look pretty good. I mean, granted, it's February. A lot can happen between now and November. But things are looking pretty good for Republicans around the country. Uh, it looks like we could be in for a red wave election. And in red waves... You can see even blue states turn purple, if not go red themselves, right? Uh, we got a little bit of a preview of this in Virginia, where I live, back in November, the off-year elections in which Republicans swept all of these statewide offices. Uh, governor, Lieutenant Governor, Attorney General, they captured the House of Delegates. This is a state, Virginia, that has been turning blue for a while, too. I mean, I moved to Virginia in 2004, and since then, it's become harder and harder for Republicans to win statewide. A lot of folks felt like that was really out of reach. In fact, my wife and I had had conversations before Election Day saying, okay, listen, if Terry McAuliffe, if a candidate as bad as Terry McAuliffe gets elected governor of Virginia, the state's screwed forever. Uh, and we're going to have to look at someplace new to live. Um, thankfully, we get to stay in our house for the next four years, at least. But now I'm wondering if there aren't some uh, Democrats maybe wondering in Colorado, okay, are we going to have to put our house on the market? Could it be that Republicans are actually going to uh, make inroads? Maybe not with the governorship. Jared Polis is pretty popular uh, among uh, Colorado voters, according to this new poll, which comes from a Republican uh, a strategy group. This was a, a poll commissioned by the Republican State Leadership Commission, got up to January 17th and 18th. Um, so, you know, look, take this with how many grains of salt you want, but the Denver Post is writing about it. They, they seem to be taking it seriously. Uh, the, uh, 510 likely Colorado voters. Uh, so, you know, not a huge sample, but, uh, not, not an insignificantly small sample either. Uh, 29% of the respondents were Democrats, 26% Republicans, 44% were unaffiliated. That is roughly, what the state of the electorate looks like in Colorado, at least based on uh, registration data with the Secretary of State's office. Uh, Signal, C-Y-G-N-A-L, which is the uh, polling outfit that uh, put this poll together, said the margin of error, 4.3%. Uh, so, again, take this poll with however many grains of salt you want. The numbers are what's really interesting here. Uh, so, right track, wrong track. Respondents were split when they asked whether they feel things in Colorado are generally headed in the right direction or off on the wrong track. 
47.5% said that, uh, yeah, we're going in the right way. 45.9% said, uh uh-uh, wrong way. Similarly split, though, when asked whether they'd elect a generic Republican or a generic Democrat of the state legislature, with 43.7% of respondents saying that they would elect a generic Republican and 42.6% saying that they would elect a generic Democrat. Now, that to me is interesting because if the, and again, we're, we're playing with a margin of error here, right? But if a majority, slim majority of Coloradans say, yeah, we think things are moving in the right direction, then why does a slim majority of Colorado voters, at least those sampled in this poll, say that they're more likely to vote for the Republican uh, on the ballot come November. I, I think, again, it, part of it has to do with Jared Polis's popularity, which I, I don't get, but it has me said that Polis is not, look, he's not Andrew Cuomo. He's not Gavin Newsom, right? He was one of the first Democratic governors to say, maybe we're going a little overboard with these mask mandates, these vaccine mandates. Maybe we need to like pull things back just a little bit. And I think that the voters in Colorado responded to that. So according to this signal poll, um, Governor Polis, a net favorability of 6.6% compared to Democratic Colorado state lawmakers who have a net negative of 13.1%. Joe Biden has a net negative of 14.5% and elected Democrats in D.C. who have a net negative of 19%. And as the Denver Post notes... You know, the Democratic lead in the state house, 41 to 24, that I mean, it really would take a, a red wave election to flip that. But the state Senate majority is a lot smaller. It's just a five seat majority change of three seats would uh, put Republicans in control of that chamber. And that would put a stop to a lot of the anti-gun uh, uh, legislation that we have seen coming out of Colorado over the last couple of years. And as it turns out, voters in Colorado may be getting a little fed up. With the push for gun control, the move to obliterate the state's firearm preemption law last year, uh, the move to implement red flag laws, uh, even going back to 2013, when the state of Colorado implemented universal background checks, a ban on magazines that could hold more than, uh, was it 15 rounds of ammunition in Colorado? That's what it is right now, 15. Because again, a high capacity magazine is a made up term. It could be anything over 10 rounds, anything over 15 rounds, anything over five rounds, anything, whatever the gun control activist wants to define as quote unquote high capacity is high capacity. But according to this poll, just 6.7% of respondents said social issues like the Second Amendment and abortion should be the top state house priority. Now, that's open ended, right? So that could be Republicans saying, look, I, I don't want gun control to be a top issue. That could be Democrats saying, I don't want pro-gun uh, bills to be the top issue. I don't want you know constitutional carry to be the issue. I suppose it could be Republicans saying, I, I don't want to hear a lot of pro-Second Amendment bills. I suppose there could be Democrats saying, I don't want to hear a lot of talk about gun control. Again, the way the question is phrased makes it really hard to, to figure out what exactly the, uh, uh, the desire of the voters are right now, other than... Generally speaking, uh, they want to talk about, you know, kitchen table issues. They want to talk about the high cost of living. And they want politicians to address those kitchen table issues. So, again, I mean, you look at these uh, poll numbers out of Colorado. And if I'm a Democrat in the state, I- I'm, a- I'm a little nervous. If I'm Jared Polis, I'm probably patting myself on the back and saying, all right, good for me. But... I'm a Democratic state representative, Democrat state senator. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm looking over my shoulder right now. 
Uh, and I'm probably calling my donors and saying, hey, listen, we're going to need uh, a lot more of your money to be competitive this year. And again, if this is what we're seeing in Colorado, Colorado, what about states like Oregon? What about Wisconsin? What about Michigan? What about some of these states that are indeed very purple? Um, again, I, I think we are on track right now for a fantastic election come November. I would just encourage everybody to get involved, uh, be engaged. Don't sit this one out. Don't sit it out because when we stay home, that's when bad things happen. I mean, I mean, again, going back to Virginia, I cannot tell you how many Virginians I spoke to after the 2019 elections when Democrats took control of the state legislature for the first time in almost 30 years and immediately launched into an assault on our right to keep and bear arms. And we saw the rise of the Second Amendment sanctuary movement. And I went to these county supervisors meetings where, you know, typically you'd have like maybe eight people show up and there were 800 people in attendance. And I, I've lost track of how many gun owners I talked to who said, we got complacent. We didn't think it could happen here. We thought this was a safe state. So we didn't vote. I mean, I've had people tell me I did not vote. I haven't voted in a decade. I've never voted. But I'll never miss another election. And we saw that bear out last November as well. And we could see a uh, nationwide replication of those results come November, again, as long as we're involved and engaged. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day. And our recidivist report, we'll start there with a, a story from CWB Chicago about a, a gentleman in court this week charged with an incident from last year, a three-hour violent crime spree. He was one of uh, three individuals who was a part of this crime spree, the only one who's been arrested so far. Uh, but one of three individuals allegedly involved in this uh, crime spree that started with a uh, robbery of a smoke shop, then uh, 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 there was a carjacking, uh, and ultimately the murder of a man who was driving down the uh, Kennedy Expressway. Darnie Washington, 31 years of age, uh, is charged with these uh, crimes. And at the time, he was out on bond for misdemeanor offenses. Now, look, I, I don't think you should be keeping people behind bars for... Uh, you know, without bond, if they're only being charged with a misdemeanor. So that, that's not the recidivist part of this story. No, the recidivist part of this story is the fact that Darnie Washington actually is a convicted felon. Uh, he was convicted of uh, armed robbery back in 2004. He received a nine-year sentence in 2000, excuse me, 2014, not 2004. So he received a nine-year sentence eight years ago, and yet... According to CWB Chicago, Darney Washington was discharged from parole six years after he was sentenced to nine years in prison. So that means not only had he completed his prison sentence, but he had completed all of his post-incarceration parole. So how much time does somebody actually serve when they're sentenced to nine years for armed robbery? By the way, he was discharged from parole about three months before prosecutors allege he took part in this crime spree that resulted in the murder of a 31-year-old man. You think another gun control law is going to help that? I don't. You think maybe it's time for a uh, some serious reform? Not, not the, um, let's not send anybody to prison criminal justice reform, but honest to God, criminal justice reform in the Cook County court system? I do. Uh, today's Armed Citizen story from Ohio. I got to, by the way, I got to uh, give it up to Fox News. 
they have been doing more coverage of armed citizen stories than I recall them doing in uh, recent years. I've seen, I think, two or three armed citizen stories on the national Fox News channel this week. And this was one of them. Uh, in Ohio, a gas station owner who ended up uh, defending himself, thankfully, like most defensive gun uses, the trigger wasn't pulled, the presence of that firearm was enough to prevent the crime from going forward. This was in Mount Sterling, Ohio. Rash Patel has owned a gas station there for 23 years or so. And it was back on January the 10th. Guy walks in. He uh, goes up to the counter. And he walks away. And then he comes back. And he's got a gun. Um, And you can see Patel in uh, this screen grab. That's uh, Raj Patel there at the bottom right of your screen. He pulls out his own gun. And man, that would-be robber is gone. As soon as he sees Patel draw his firearm, this guy's got somewhere else to be. And uh, Patel, again, able to protect himself. Uh, He said, I love people. I love my customers. It's a great community. I came from another country, but they teach me everything I need to learn from here. I guess that would include the uh, right to keep and bear arms. Becky Martin uh, is the uh, president of the Mount Sterling Chamber of Commerce. She told the local news station, WPTA, quote, everybody was talking about it, and everybody's reaction was the same, kind of like, don't mess with Raj. He's the epitome of a small business in a small community and what you can do to really support your friends and neighbors. Patel said, uh, he, quote, just wanted to teach him the lesson that robbing and stealing is not okay. Well, I hope he learned his lesson. An arrest has been made. And hopefully a life has been changed. But I'm awfully glad that uh, Rob Patel, uh, Raj Patel rather, uh, able to protect himself with a firearm. And I'm glad to see him getting the support from the uh, local community there. Finally today, our good deed of the day in the right place at the right time. Willing and able to do the right thing. Uh, five officers from Port St. Lucie, Florida, who were able to rescue a couple from their burning home. This was Sunday night. Uh, and the uh, officers, uh, including Officer Ryan McCauley, said when we opened the door, you could just see smoke billowing out. Canine Officer uh, Corey Crickick said you could see black smoke coming out, kind of like a movie. It just kept coming. But they had to get inside because they knew that there were two people in there. Officer uh, Tanner Thirolt says we were calling for him. We could hear them groaning. It sounded like they were in distress, and that's when we realized we had to go in. The officers were unable to make entry to the home because the smoke was too thick, so uh, they couldn't walk in. They actually had to drop down, crawl from room to room, searching for the couples. They had to leave multiple times just so they could breathe for a moment, but they came back in. Officer Aline Martin said, I think at the moment you don't really think about, am I risking my life for somebody? You're more worried about, I need to save this person's life. Two individuals were located uh, in separate rooms in the home. Um, They found a woman in a bed. They were unable to pull her out because they couldn't stand to reach her. Uh, But that's when the uh, St. Lucie County, excuse me, St. Lucie County Fire and Rescue arrived. Officers were able to uh, take them to the victims and uh, they were able to uh, extricate them. But the officers, again, found the victims inside this burning home, rescued them. It looks like everybody is going to be okay. Both of the victims are hospitalized, but they are expected to recover. Uh, the officers uh, treated for uh, smoke inhalation as well, but they are going to be okay. So again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to put their own lives on the line for others. We thank those officers from the Fort St. Lucie, Port St. Lucie uh, Fire, excuse me, let me try that again, the Port St. Lucie Police Department, excuse me, for their very good deed. 
All right, that is all the time we've got for you. It's probably all the time my mumble mouth is going to give me today. Probably get going before I say anything like just completely inappropriate instead of just, uh, you know, mush mouth. But we will be back tomorrow with even more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. We hope you'll be with us. Don't forget to check out bearingarms.com throughout the day as well. We've got uh, all of the Second Amendment news that you need to know about from myself, my colleague uh, Tom Knighton, John Petrolino, uh, Ranjit Singh, and more. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free. 